we are known in this area, the Tampa Bay area, for great beaches. Some of the best beaches in the world are right here, and we're blessed. This is why God called us to Tampa. <laughs> just, just accept it. Just live with it. Just own it. It's okay. It's okay. We have the most amazing beaches, and I, I, I love to do that. You know, and, and, you know, we'll have a couple of days of cold weather, and then we can go out and enjoy the, the beautiful beaches and such. But, uh, that, but there are other incredible beaches around. And when I was in Hawaii this last summer, uh, just, just an incredible time, family time, family uh, reunion out there, and, uh, there was this beach that just shocked me, surprised me. They, it, and maybe you're familiar with it, you know, all you world travelers and such. And it's Black Rock Beach. And it, there, the whole beach is made up of rocks. And the most amazing thing about this was the sound was different. It was a different sound because the water would come up and then pull the rocks down and it would sound like marbles running down the top of a metal building. You just, it, it was just so, I was entranced by it. And I stood there, and I watched this, and I listened to this, and, and thought about it, and a story came to my mind of how Christ taught about building on sand or building on rocks. He tells a story in Matthew that if, if, if you listen to what he's saying, a wise builder will go and build on the rock and build a great house, and when the storm and the hurricane comes and all the winds come, it won't knock it down. A foolish person is someone who builds on sand. And then as they build on, on sand, the storms come and it knocks it all away. I want to just sort of bring this into something, a vision that we can think of, a picture that we can see. Did you put up the black rocks? Imagine if Jesus would tell the story this way. It says there was someone who went down, two men who went down to the, to the beach, and one of them saw the gorgeous beach and said, I'm going to build a house here. And he goes up at this, on the rocks, and he builds a house. And then, as, as happens in beach cities, a hurricane comes, and winds blow, and, and knock it down, but it stands. It doesn't fall. But there was another man that went out and saw the most beautiful beach, just incredible beach just sand and it was just light waves in the shallow water goes way 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 out and he said this is a perfect place to build a beach to build a beach house and so he built a house not far from the water on the sand of course you know what happens <laughs> every now and then here comes the hurricane here comes the winds all the reports are going up and the wind blows and blows and destroys the house and great was the destruction of the house that's an amazing story and probably one you're, you're familiar with that Jesus taught. But you can't miss the point. Why did he tell that story? Did you realize that Jesus, I believe, told that story to understand what is the will of God? In fact, he says, if you follow what I'm telling you, if you follow God's will in your life, if you listen to what I'm saying and you actually go out and do them, you're the wise builder. But if you ignore what God's will is, and you go do your own thing, and you, it's like building on the sand, and great is going to be its destruction. This is about God's will. So today, I want to just have a, a little discussion. We're going to look at Matthew 7, 24. It says, everyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, does them, honors them, accepts them, is like the wise builder 
So we are going to be building on rocky beaches. So I want to talk about this morning about rocky beaches. Finding God's will in your life in 2024. But you know what? This is so specific. It's not about just finding God's will in 2024. It's about finding God's will in January. It's about, okay, finding God's will about Jan- on January 7th. It's about finding God's will on January 7th in 2024 at, at, at 1055. <laughs> it's about now. It's about what is God saying in your life now? What about the will of God for my life right now? I want to talk about this. So, because finding God's will is more about action than it is and decisions than it is knowledge. And we always assume God's knowing God's will, that's having that knowledge. If I just knew God's will, then everything would be good. Really? Because it's not just about knowing God's will, it's about the decisions that you make in knowing God's will. There was another time I was at this beautiful beach. I had the opportunity to spend some time in Israel, and we went out down to the Mediterranean Sea, just outside of Ashkelon. And I went down there. Now, I grew up in, I'm a Texas boy, right? And I grew up, and, uh, and, and I would go to the beach, and that, it's called the Gulf, you know, like we know here. And, and waves, when they get really big, are about this big. <laughs> that's, that's big old waves. It's not like the other side of the state. It's, you know, that's big waves. So that's what I'm used to. So I go down there, and I was stunned. My mouth was open. Because it reminded me of later when I went to, Hawaii and go the, 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 I think it's a north side, and it's just these waves are so big, and you're thinking, how can waves ever be that big? And this is what it was. There, this wave was probably, there was a storm that had recently been in the Mediterranean, and the wave was probably 12 feet tall. I mean, above, way above my head. And I was like, uh, this is not going to work. I, you, but I noticed something. Everyone that was, I was with, or a lot of them, were, were already out in the water, on the other side, and I'm thinking, wait, you got there? How come? How, how do you get there? So I devised a plan in my very much Dallas thinking, okay? Thinking, okay, the waves are really big, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to run out. As the wave comes, I'm going to jump up. I'm going to turn around backwards so it doesn't hit me in the face, and I'll crash right through it. If you've ever been in a big wave, you realize this is not a good plan. This was not a good decision. I ran. I jumped up. I was in the air. The water hit me and whoo, put me face down. Face down. I thought I was going to die. You ever thought you were going to die? That's one of those moments. I'm going to, and plus it hurt because I'm being scraped and it pressured. There was water was pushing down on me. And I thought, I'm going to drown. I can't breathe. I'm insane. I'm underwater. This is it. This is where I'm going to die. At least I'm going to die in Israel. That's close to where Jesus was. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know. I mean, the crazy thought that goes through your head. I didn't know Lisa at that time, otherwise she would have been my last thought. But I was just laying there, and then, of course, the water receded, and I got up and I crawled up. And my friends, who knew about water and waves, were just laughing their heads off. This is the funniest thing ever. Who is this guy? He's just crazy, you know, just laughing. And of course, they said, great. Let us teach you how to do this. When the wave comes, and it's really big, you have to run right out at it, head first, and then dive right into it. I'm thinking, this is not a good plan. <laughs> because if I do that, I'm going to die. Because I already said, no, 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 no. You can do this. 
Of course, I didn't believe them, so they had to demonstrate it. Now, the way was so large, I couldn't tell what happened on the other side. All I knew is, oh, wait, 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 they're alive. They're, they're breathing. <laughs> you know, so I can do this. And so I, sure enough, I tried, and I was through it. I couldn't believe how fast. Evidently, waves are really tall, but not very thick. <laughs> These weren't. And I went right through it. And I thought, that was, I went out there, and I came back in. Imagine, though, if I come back in, and then I wanted to go back out, and I'm thinking, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll run, I'll jump, I'll turn my back, and I'll break through the water that way. And if I did that, everyone would be looking at me like, they wouldn't be laughing anymore. They would be thinking, you're a fool. What a foolish thing to do. What a foolish, you cut, why? Because you knew what to do, and you did not do it. And I think that sometimes when we're talking about the will of God, that's what we need to understand. You see, it, it's, uh, making right decisions can really be simple. It's not easy, though. I didn't say easy. Making a right decision in your life today, tomorrow, you're going to have to make decisions. Tomorrow morning, you're going to have to make a decision. Next this week, decisions about how you're going to live for God and what's going to happen. You're going to have to make decisions. They're not, e uh, they're, they're not easy, but they are simple. They're very simple. And some, uh, very often, the simple truth is what escapes us. <laughs> the simple truth of, of, of how to live, and we complex it and make it really strange and, and different. I love Isaac Newton says this, this form of what he said. Truth is ever to be found in simplicity, not in the confusion of multiple complexities of life. Truth is found simply in understanding something more profound than we understand. Complex, yes, but at the same time, the simple truth is God's will. God's will is found in doing His will. You say, oh, what's the will of God? Do his will. And we say, no, 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 I, I want this will, I want this will. And I, and I understand that, and it gets confused. And, and you say, well, Greg, how can I know God's will? Really, how can I know God's will? And my first thought is, are you looking? Really? Are you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you looking for God's will? Because I don't think it's about not knowing. And that's usually what people, when they come, they're talking to me, say, Greg, I, it's not... I don't know God's will. It's, it's rarely, rarely about not knowing. It's about not trusting. It's about really not trusting in what he wants. You see, we can build, here it is, here's my first thought. We can build on rocky beaches, the Black Rock beaches, go up a little bit. We can build a life that'll touch this world around us, that'll change our families, that'll make a difference in our communities that makes a difference in our life. We can build on rocky beaches by deciding to simply trust God's will. If you do that, I promise you, your life will be completely different in 2024. Just trust God's will. Well, that's, that's hard. <laughs> it's not easy. You see, when I was looking at my friends who dove through the water, I couldn't see couldn't see what happened to them for a while until the wave settled down and then they were on the other side of it. You see, I had to trust. I had to look and think, I'm going to dive into that water. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dive in that water. And I had to trust. But watch this. It wasn't easy to trust that. 
Because these are the same guys who were laughing at me when I was faced with, you know, when I was going to drown, you know. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe what they're telling me is another joke or something. But when I saw them, oh, did you hear what I said? When I saw them on the other side, I didn't know everything they went through. I didn't know all their struggles. I didn't know all their pain. But I saw them on the other side, and I thought, they can do it, I can do it. And you see, this is, this is part of trust. I, I've been through this water. I've seen the, the struggles. We've been down to we've got no money, literally no money. I mean, what was it, $2 in the account, whatever. And, and yet we gave. We, we had a direction from God. God said, I want you to sell your house that we had just bought. We've been in a year and a half. Been in a year and a half, God said, sell the house. In, okay, 1988 in Dallas, that market plummeted. That was the worst time in, in Texas history for marketing, and we're selling the house. This is not. This is crazy. But we had to trust. We had to trust. When God said, take all your honeymoon money, come on, come on. Why is God even talking to me about my honeymoon? I don't know. He says, take all your honeymoon money, and you give it away to this church that you're moving away from, then you're not going to be a part of it. That's just crazy. And you wait and see what God does and gives you a, a honeymoon that's completely paid for so much greater than you can even imagine. I've been through it. So I'm on the other side of the water and I'm, I'm raising my hands and I've said, you know what? You can trust God. You can trust God. You can trust Jesus when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I've been through it. I've been through the pain. You can be there. You can, if you trust me, do you trust God's will in your life? Romans 12, 2, gives us a really clear picture of the will of God, okay? We're just going to understand what God's word is. This is not me just telling you this is what's right and this is what's wrong. I believe that the gospel is God's word and helps us understand it. So in, in Romans 12, 2, look what it says. It says, do not conform, follow after, the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Watch that. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You will know God's will. It says it right there. You will know God's will. In fact, it'll be, it'll be amazing. It'll be tangible and touchable and approvable, and you, you'll be able to put your hands on it because His will is good. It's good. God is good all the time. God is good. <laughs> it's pleasing. God cares how you feel. God cares about your struggle. God cares what's going on. God cares when it, it's pleasing. His will is pleasing. And no more, not only that, it's perfect. It's a perfect will for you in your place, in your spot, in your moment. It's perfect. What an amazing verse. How do we look at this? How do we break this down? See, knowing God's will, it means that you're going to have to think differently. You're going to have to think differently because you're following the wrong pattern. You're following the world's pattern. And the world's pattern is very clear. No one will take care of you unless you do. That's the world. Make sure you cut the corner. Make sure you do right in business. Make sure you do that because you better take care of yourself. You better follow yourself because you're the only one that's going to take care of you. Make sure you're good. Cover yourself. Protect yourself. Keep yourself from from being hurt, all these type of things. This is, the, this is the pattern of the world. 
The only problem with this is that uh, when we trust in ourselves, in the end, we're trusting in ourselves. And I haven't found anyone yet, especially me. Let's pray. And we screw up. We fail. And it hurts. But if our only hope is in ourselves, then what happens when we fail is hopelessness. And that's the world's pattern, if you haven't noticed. Look around. Even when they're smiling, even when they have the big houses, even when they're successful, even when they got the great businesses, even when it seems like everything's good in the marriage and everything's like, there's such hopelessness because that's the world's pattern. That's what the world follows. The most curious thing is that here we are, almost a quarter of the way done with this century. Is that not mind-boggling? I remember when we came into this century, two, you know, 2000, we go, woo, everything's different. 2000, you know, computers crash, everything's going to be good, you know. <laughs> None of that happened. But anyway, in the 25 years, 25 years, it's co coming up on 20, a quarter of the way. Wow. That's amazing. Most of us won't see the next century. We're believing our children will, our children to come, or our grandchildren. <clears throat> anyway, we believe that it'll be there. It'll be there. It, 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 but we, we, won't, we won't see that. So 25 years into this century. That's just in, incredible how fast and how, how, how that moves. And yet, and with all the technology with all the great things we have, with all the new iPhones we have out or whatever, with AI taking over and telling us how to do better, and everything that's good, and all the wonderful, wonderful things. We live in the most hopeless society ever in America. The suicide rate in our young people is higher than it's ever, ever, ever been. Wait, this is the best we're just 2024. You know, we got everything. We got everything. Yeah, that's it. And we're trusting in ourselves. And a generation has grown up thinking, I'll trust in me. I'll protect me. It's about me and social media me and everything me, 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 me. And in the end, it's hopeless. And they're dying by the thousands. And they need the hope of God. They need Christ. They need to understand that there's a bigger hope out there. That's something we can hang on to. I just love Isaiah. Let's look at Isaiah 12. And if you're just sitting there thinking, boy, I'm a little frustrated with this message, that's okay. Let this comfort you. I love this. Surely, surely, surely God is my salvation. God is my salvation. Do you believe that? I will trust and not be afraid. I will trust and not be afraid. Can we say that? Let's just say that. I will trust and not be afraid. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself stands behind that trust. Is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. <laughs> How incredible is that? With joy... With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You know, see, that really needs to go together. Because I know if you're trusting God and following God's will. I know that. I can see that. One of the most evident 
ways that we know that someone is trusting and following the will of God is they have joy in their life. I'm not saying they're always smiling. I'm not saying things don't go bad. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying you you may look at them and think, are you Job or what? I mean, you know, sometimes it's, but there's a joy there. Joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Oh my goodness, where's this joy comes from? It comes from trust. You want joy in your life? You really want joy in your life? Then trust. Trust what? Trust God's will in your life. Our problem with following God's will is not the not knowing or the knowing, but it's the trusting and the not trusting. Man, if you, if you miss everything else, you've got to just miss that. I'm going to follow God's will. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I'm going to do, which is doing his will. Remember, don't forget our story. <laughs> if doing his will means I get to trust. And Greg, I'm trusting. What does that mean? Joy, joy that can't be explained by your circumstances, by the situation around you, joy that goes beyond all of that. And you might think, oh, wait a minute, I have sought, and I am still seeking, and I can't seem to find his will. What is blocking God's will in my life? Why do I keep building on sand? (laughs) And the waves come and wipes it out. Well, we can build on rocky beaches, you and I, by walking the path we already know. The will we already know. You see, I want you to pause for a minute because you're thinking, oh man, God, if I just know your will here, if I just know your will here, I just need to know, okay, just, just, calm. (laughs) It's not about that right now. Just put all that aside. And we are to seek God, and he'll hear us, and he'll answer, but we need to understand something. I want you to go back to the story, because the, the first man, the wise man, built a good house, and the waves came, and it stood. The foolish man, watch this, built a good house, and the waves came and destroyed it. Because if you look, the time is not up. Come on, I got, I got, I got three minutes. Now, that's not your cue. What did I tell you your cue was? <laughs> Who's running this church anyway? <laughs> See, I can just keep going all day, so don't, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, you can get up and leave, too. I know how this works. It's all good. Now, there's something spiritual I'm saying. I don't know what it is. Now. <clears throat> oh, let's go back to the story. If you notice carefully in in Matthew, when Jesus tells the story, the houses were built the same way. In fact, for our illustrative purposes, it may be the first wise man was saying, God, show me how to build this structure. Give me wisdom on how to do this. Give me your will on how to add this room and I add this room. And I think the foolish man would have done the same thing. Both houses, both houses were good. Built really, really well. But the storm destroyed one and kept the other. The other stood. Why? Because there was will that you start with that we already all know, which is the foundation in the relationship of Jesus Christ, that any will you're asking for now is built on. 
But it doesn't matter how much you think you know God's will. If you built on sand, if you built it on, and you're ignoring, stay with me, the very will that God has already spoken, that you already know, you already know the will of God. I've read some of it to you. This is God's will. This is what you want to do. This is the will we should have. Now, let's go to 1 Thessalonians. You're thinking, ah, so first Sunday, and you're reading 1 Thessalonians. Yes, yeah, stay with me, okay? 1 Thessalonians says, it is God's will. There it is. He's going to teach us God's will, God's word. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. You're thinking, I don't even know what that means, much less I can't do it like that. Be sanctified that you should avoid sexual morality. Ah, ah, that's what it means, <laughs> To control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And you say, Greg, what is really this about? It's about understanding what sanctification is about, which is understanding this is God's will for you. God's will is that you live sanctified. God's will is that you live in a way that honors God. Are you living in a way that honors Him? Are you living in a way that honors God? Are you living in a way that that honors His word? Remember the story. Jesus said, everyone that hears my word and actually does it, this is the house that'll stand. Do we want a house that'll stand into the 22nd century? <laughs> the next one coming up. <laughs> you know, Do we want a house, a family that'll stand? How, how, do, how do we do that? How do we, how do we see that? How do, how do we build that? It's about sanctification. Now you think, well, Greg, what is sanctification all about? Okay, remember, uh, we have... Uh, Justification, which is giving your life to Christ. That means not my life, but his life. Justification. Then we have sanctification. That's how we live. And then we have glorification. That is in heaven. No one is glorified until you get to heaven. That's the rule. No, no glorification. <laughs> not even your pastor. You can't be glorified until you get to heaven. But so if you, you put this in steps, step one is the salvation. Step one is our giving our heart. Step 100 is getting uh, and understanding and getting to heaven. So where do we live? Two to 99. You're somewhere in there. Step two, step three, step four, step 98. Hopefully no one's at 98. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? This is your step. This is, that's what sanctification is. Sanctification is a process, is a journey. God's will is a journey. God's will is a process. God's will is, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to follow God now. I'm going to do the things that God wants me to do now. And you might think, oh, Greg, there's no hope for me. I always make wrong decisions. Why do I always miss God's will? I always seem to, you know, when he wants me to do this, I don't. And, and, and sanctification isn't about perfection. That's glorification. Glorification, you're perfect. Sanctification is, oh, wrong decision. Okay, keep going. Step three, step four, step five. Keep making those steps. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Trusting his will. His will is a journey. Understanding how all this comes in. Because here's my last thought. We build on rocky beaches by rerouting to right decisions. By rerouting to right decisions. <laughs> by, by, you see, because you think, oh, you don't get lost in God's perfect will, permissive will, and all that. God's will to see it like a big room like this, big, big, huge room, and you're here. As long as you stay within these walls, you're good, and God will lead you and guide you. Now, if there's a wrong decision, the amazing thing is that God can 
actually change that. You say, how does that work? It's really easy. When, when I first got a, a phone and, and it had GPS on it and the GPS had maps and, and it had this amazing thing where they would tell me where to go and tell me how to, how to, how to uh, uh, change direction and, and such. It was the most amazing thing because this is what I found out is that the GPS was gracious. It was fast. Boop, there it was. It was always forgiving. It always worked in my favor. It never says, I'm going to send you down to the pits, to the bad part of town, just to teach you to ignore me. It never did that. Sometimes I thought it did, but that was always my wrong decision. No matter how many times I said, nope, I'm going this way. I know you say this way, but I think I know best. Wow, does that sound familiar? God says, honor me in how you live. Well, I want to do it my way because I got it. I know how to this work and go the wrong way. And yet, that GPS was always there. It never told me off. Greg, you're an idiot. You are stupid. You're, you're a failure. You always turn. It never, it never, never did that. It probably felt like it, but that's not AI yet. <clears throat> never questioned what I was doing. It never called me a bad driver. It never got tired. It never hit GPA, GPS road rage. <laughs> like, I'm going crazy. You're doing it wrong. It just says, and it used to say, rowdy. It doesn't, they don't do that anymore. I don't know why they got away. I missed that. Now, it just, now, of course, I always had the volume off, so it doesn't matter. So it now it just says, nope, here's the map. Here's the map. And you're making wrong decisions. You're thinking, I don't know what to do. I keep making the wrong decisions. Okay, here's the map. If GPS can be that gracious and that merciful, how much more can G-O-D? How much more can Christ in our life say, trust me. I know you made a wrong decision. That's right. Now you can make a right one. Now, because my will is good, is pleasing, it's acceptable, is perfect. You can be in God's perfect will from where you're at right now. Right here? No, 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 I already screwed up. <laughs> Forgetting the past, Paul said, Paul probably had Christians martyred when he, before he, he converted. And I think my opinion is that was his thorn in the flesh. I, I don't know for sure. Because I think he went to churches and saw a son or a daughter of someone that he had killed. And thought, God, how can, I, how can I live with this guilt? How can I live with this? But then he says, forgetting what's behind, I press on. I press on to your will. And that's what we do by saying, God, I'm going to be rerouting. The Holy Spirit, in case you didn't know, is yelling, rerouting, <laughs> rerouting. Where you at? Where you at? Are you feeling hopeless? You feel like you can't do anything? You feel like it's over? You feel like your life is filled with bad, bad, bad decisions that won't ever change? I'm telling you right now, there's a rerouting of the Holy Spirit that's going on. If you're just willing to step in and say, okay, God, step three, <laughs> I'll just start over. I'll just keep stepping. And that becomes the perfect will of God for you, doing the very things. You know what to do. Do that. Forget. You know what to do. The couples that struggle and come in, they're struggling. I, I, they know what to do. Be kind. Be nice. <laughs> Forgive. 
You know what you do when you walk with God. God, I'm sorry. And if you didn't, that's where it starts. God, I need you. God, help me, a sinner such as I. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just minister to your people. God, if there's anyone, if there's even a single soul here, Father, that has not begun this journey of following your will, of putting your will into their life, I pray right now. If they said, I want to stop following me, I'm stop following what I want, because that only leads to hopelessness. And I'm going to give my life to you. So, Father, I pray with them right now, online and in this room. Father, forgive me. Cleanse me of all of my sin. I give you my heart, and I will follow your will for my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray and believe. Isn't God good?